I'm going to hum to you while I've got my hand in your pants, just <laughs> caressing you. That is fantastic. You're listening to the Nth Cast. This is episode 46. I'm Josh. I'm JD. 46. Yes. Would be significant if you were from Oklahoma. So, Oklahoma listeners, congratulations. That's right. If you don't know, look it up. There's Google. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about Crimson Peak. Yeah. The movie that we went and viewed. And it's late here. Oh, it is especially late to be in the murder palace. Yes. We're taking our lives in our own hand being awake right now. (laughs) I almost feel like I can't sleep. I also like to live dangerously. I need to be awake for this. Yeah. At this point, it's better to just stay awake all night than go to sleep because what you hear is going to terrify you. So when I went to go see Crimson Peak, I went to go see it last night, late showing Mm -hmm. at the theater by my house. I was the only one there. Really? I probably should have gone up to the very back row and <laughs> sat in that back row so that the wall was to my was back. But you. I did not. Well, I the, sat down in the middle. You'd have been farther away from the exit. That, you that know, point. that's true. Hmm. So this may be an abbreviated episode. We'll see what happens. Not just because it's late, but because I'm tired. Yeah. And we, every time we say it's going to be abbreviated, we go two hours. Because <laughs> when we're tired, sometimes our filter isn't in place the way it should be. Well, the whiskey's flowing. Boy, is it. So let's, you know what? Just jump in. Fuck it. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Do you, Crimson Peak. This is more your style of movie. Oh, is it? It is. What does that mean? The horror genre. I, I, I don't know. It's if not you, a horror movie. I know, but people call it a horror film. It's not really my thing. I feel like it was like a bait and switch. It was. Because the trailer was like, hey, this is going to be a movie about ghosts and a haunted house. And it wasn't. Even the first scene, you thought, oh, this is going to be a cool movie about ghosts with her mom coming in and that cool little... Shit, that was the best ghost, I think, in the whole movie, mm-hmm. the ghost in the first scene. So you're like, oh, this is what I'm in for. And then, no, that's really not what you're in for. This is the only scene like this in the whole movie. Uh, so because the liquor's flowing and the filters are off, mm-hmm. this will not be spoiler-free. No, 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 no. So and it's not spoiler-free after the first 10 minutes. If you can't figure out what's going to happen, <laughs> you need to stop watching movies. Correct. Okay. I did like that... Uh, near the beginning of the movie, uh, I just want to make this as a side note because I actually appreciated this. Uh, Edith. Yeah. Yes, Edith. God, I can't even remember. <laughs> this is why I need to watch movies not the night before. Right. Well, you know. It needs to process a little bit. We have, you know, other um, responsibilities. Edith, uh, she's a writer. And she was explaining to someone that she wrote a story and they're like, oh, well, it's – uh, what is this? A ghost story? She says, "No, no, no. It's not a. It's not a story about ghosts. Ghost, yeah, it's a story that has ghosts in it, right. which is actually perfect because that's exactly what this movie was. And so I thought that was brilliant. Set it up from the get go. Hey, this isn't a movie about, about ghosts, ghosts yeah. at all. But in 
I think the the biggest example of that you can see now is The Walking Dead. You know, there's zombies in there now, but it's not about zombies. It's about people. So I think that's a good if if you if you're trying to look at a pop culture reference that you could tie it to. That's what I would say. And it only took them five seasons <laughs> to come yes. to the to to state that the that they they are the Walking Dead. Yes, so only five seasons in. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for clarifying that point for those of us who hadn't figured that out on our own. But extra points to any movie or TV show that can work the title into the dialogue. Yes. So I always give extra points there. I agree. So since this is my bailiwick, if you will. <laughs> well done. <laughs> what was your overall impression? I enjoyed it. And... um I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, and then also less than I thought I would too, because I'm a big Guillermo del Toro fan. Mm-hmm. So I went in knowing that it was going to be very visually spectacular and that he's an old school filmmaker. So I knew there'd be a lot of old school practical tricks with the swipes and the, the iris zoom in, zoom out. Those are great. Yeah. And I think that really fits this genre. And I felt like he did a good job of that. But the story was not as good as I expected it to be. I expected it to be their bigger twists or twists that maybe you weren't expecting. And it felt a little, I don't know if the predictable is maybe, oh, for sure. is maybe the word that you would use. And I think it it's self-aware of that because she even says at the beginning, like you said, hey, this isn't about ghosts. It's, ghosts are just here. So I think you know what's going to happen but I was hoping for this really big twist that I didn't get. So I was a little disappointed about that, but I did enjoy the movie. I was glad that I saw it. I, the The colors and the visuals and the setting and the sets were all very well done. And the performances weren't, weren't bad. I think Hiddleston did a good job. You and I disagree about Jessica Chastain, but that's fine. But she didn't do a bad job. I just felt like someone else could have maybe done better. But hmm. I, I enjoyed it as a whole, and I'm not sad that I saw it. Especially at this time of year, Halloween, October. That's the kind of stuff you want to be watching. Well, it's not a horror movie. No. What would you call it? it well, it's a gothic romance. Hmm. For sure. Sure. Yeah. No, I uh, can see that. The, the, it, 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 a weird it, romantic story. Yeah. But then, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Coppola's. Uh, interpretation of Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula right. is very much a gothic romance where there's horrific elements, but at the core, it is a gothic romance. It is a, a story of tragic romance. Very much so. And that's what this is. And it's not even a uh, story. Well, it's definitely not a story about a haunted house either. No. Uh, now, there's a house. It's a quite spectacular but. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. That's okay. And it's a quite uh, spectacular house that happens to have ghosts in it, but only one person could see the ghosts. Yes. So, and that was interesting uh, to to think about. So, well, it, there's a lot of subtext. So, what I appreciated about the movie is that the main twist you could see that a mile away. Oh yeah. But I don't feel like they went out of their way to try to. Uh, cover that fact up. I don't. I don't think they. I don't think that was the the main point was to make that a big secret. I don't mm. think any. I don't think the predictability uh, was there 
I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is I think Del Toro was just trying to make the movie that he wanted to make and tell the overall story he wanted to tell, regardless of any of the mysterious elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't, I guess the mysterious elements wasn't the, the main focus. The main focus was this tragic love story. Yeah. Um, the main focus I think is, uh, showing both, both female characters are very strong female characters and no one, uh, neither of these female characters were weak in any way. No. Um, but that's a common theme in Del Toro movies. Yes, it is. Uh, most recently Pacific Rim, the character of Mako. Yeah. Um, She's very strong woman uh, for sure. Every, every film he depicts women in a very positive, uh, light. Are you calling uh, him a feminist or? No, no, not at all. I wouldn't say, I don't think that would be accurate. No, I would, I would um, agree. Well, that term to me tends to have a negative connotation and probably doesn't need to. No. Um, but I don't, I don't think he does. I don't think he necessarily goes out of his way. Uh, but I appreciate it because, you know, that, okay, we'll get in, we're going to get into that a little bit. Let's do it. Um, let's just rehash the, the overall the plot, plot just okay. to kind of give us a general context and some our, some framework for our discussion. Sure. Uh, so basically Edith Hasting Cushing, excuse Cushing. me. I don't know why I said hasty. I don't know. Uh, maybe you're thinking about the store. Hasty pudding, hasty, not hasting. <laughs> Forget it. Moving on. Yeah. Edith Cushing. Yeah. Uh, she's growing up in a time where there is oppression. There is, there's, uh, you are, hey, you're a girl. You're not supposed to be able to write. Right. And if you do write, it's frivolous. And, right. And so she's, she's a budding author. And even her own father, I think, to some degree, uh, doesn't uh, necessarily believe um, that, that, you know, her pursuing her writing career is something mm-hmm. that she should do. She should be a little more sensible. I mean, right. he still loves her, wants her to be be Happy. herself, yeah. but I think maybe he realizes the sad fact that the time in which they live, sure. uh, the odds are stacked against you. And early in the movie, there was that gaggle of women uh, in the office building that kind of uh, uh, referred to her needing to understand her place and that if she did not, she would be put in her place. Yeah. So That was a great scene, too, yeah. because she kind of turned it back on them and showed that she was educated when it came to writers and they really weren't. She's like, you know, I would rather be Mary Shelley because, you know, she died a widow, <laughs> which is true. So right. let's go with that. So, and then I don't need no man. I don't need a man. <laughs> and I think, well, like you said about her father, her fa- her mother died when she was very young. So right. her father was trying to raise her the best that she, that he could, but there was very much a need for a mother. So he was trying to encourage her to be the woman that she could be. And he was, I think he was torn a little bit between raising the son and raising the daughter since he only had one child. So it was, it was a struggle for him. And I think he did a good job because she seemed to have a pretty good shoulder on her head. And I mean, head on her shoulder. Wow. The whiskey really is going, <laughs> isn't it? She's got a pretty good head on her shoulders and she's very intelligent and very well learned. And so he did a good job, I think, raising her the best he could. So we skipped over the part where she actually had, when she was young, right after her mother passed away, her mother came to her in the form of a ghost and gave her a warning. Right. Um, 
to beware the crimson peak. Beware. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting. And that's one of the things I kind of had a mild problem with is like, okay, since when are ghosts omniscient and can see the future? But I just, I, I don't know. I thought that was strange. I couldn't quite figure out how would they know what the future is. True. I didn't quite understand that. Yeah, I think it was just a storytelling device because yeah. otherwise she wouldn't have had any warning whatsoever about Crimson Peak. So like, how can we make it to where she knows that this is not really a good place to be? Oh, we'll just have her dead mom tell her mm-hmm. as a ghost. That's fine. Yeah. Dead moms are good for that. Dead moms are <laughs> It's like a Disney movie. Can't sure. be a Disney movie without a dead mom. No, can't be. You know, so. your mom has to die. Mom, or your, one of your parents has to die. <laughs> one and you, of them. You have to see it when you're a child <laughs> in your formative years. Uh, so I couldn't quite understand what that was. All. It's fine, whatever. It's easy to overlook. Uh, as we progress through this, there's actually maybe a couple other things I had a little bit of a problem with, but it's like, eh, sure. yeah. whatever. They're overlookable. Yeah. So, uh, but she, uh, so she, well, Tom Hiddleston's character. Sir Thomas Sharp. Sir Thomas Sharp. Sir, because he's a baronet. That's the first time I've ever heard that term. You've never heard the term baronet before? No. What, what did you think it was? Well, I knew what it was uh, because it was just the masculine it's form like a baroness. But I figured you'd just call him baron instead of baronet. Oh, no, 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 no. See? No. Yeah. I mean, I get that now. But no. I didn't know that. No, there's a difference between baron and baronet. Yes. And, there, and there's a difference between, because it's baron and the female form is baroness. Yes. Baronet. And then there's baronetus. Oh. So. Do, Does that mean do, that you're not wed? No, well, do you know where the baronet ranks? Is just below baron. Okay. In fact, it's the only um, noble. Uh, Still noble. Y- yes. However, you. Uh, no, it is not noble. Excuse me. Mm. That's the difference. I had to get this straight in my head. It's just just below a baron, but above a knight. And oh. you're still referred to as a sir, but it does not confer nobility. Oh. So what are you just a landowner? Or essentially, I guess if we had to equate baronet within modern term modern times, mm-hmm. I would maybe say like upper middle class. Okay. Meaning you have some stature and you have some pull somewhere, but you're still common. So you're technically still a commoner. And so if a baronet would never be able to hold a position in the house of Lords, okay. but they could be in elected the into the house of commons. Okay. Yes. Sure. So now that we've got that all clear, look at us knowing our British uh, <laughs> politics, <laughs> house of Lords, house of commons. Mm, yes. <laughs> So Lord Bottom Tooth. <laughs> so he shows up and he's trying to get money for his machine because the land that he owns is known for their red clay, which is very good for bricks. Because it's very rich in ore. But it's they've dug the mine for so long that it's really, really deep. So they need a special steam-powered machine mm-hmm. to dig it out. And they don't have the money to build it themselves, so they're seeking investors so that they can get their little uh, red clay out and make better bricks, but also just make a living. Because apparently this red clay makes bricks so hard a cat couldn't scratch it. That's right. So. (laughs) Yeah, first world problems. Yeah, interesting. Um, But I guess that was their only method of making money. 
I would think so. Um, they were very attached to the land that they were on, and it seemed a little weird at first. You find out later in the movie why they don't want to leave, but <laughs> at first you're like, why don't you just leave? You know, Abandon all this crap and go do something else. You've got a name. You could sell this off and then go do something else. Well, the house is quite spectacular. It is. From what I understood, it took like six months to build it. And then when they were done, they tore it all down. They had to. I mean, I would live there. Not with the hole in the middle, but I would live there. So they had to make it very functional. Yes. And so it was a three-story house Mm -hmm. and with an attic and everything. And they had to be able to support a crew ascending to the different levels and filming. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was great. I mean, you walk in and there's a hole in the fucking roof. Yeah. And there's Which, leaves coming in and dust. Yeah, that was awesome to show the seasons. And then when it was snowing, the snow, snow came in. in. It, was, it was awesome. It makes you felt like you're you're almost indoors, but you're outdoors too. It was cool. I liked it. So it was so that was a very good callback to the whole haunted house concept. Yeah, but the difference is is that in a haunted house, uh, those tend to be a. a a living, breathing character, something that is out to get you. Yes. Whereas that this house uh, was, I feel, amoral. Yeah. Meaning, it was just you, in disrepair. It was, it was going to get you, but it's just because it was treacherous, not because right. it was malevolent in and of itself. Right. It just they hadn't taken care of it because they didn't have the money to spend to take care of it. And it was so massive; it would take a ton of money to keep it up the and, way they should. And that was one of the things I really love is so such a rich palette of colors and such a rich set design. I could really see this movie getting nominated for at least that. Yeah, and um, then the, the colors were very different. While they were in America and Thomas was over there in getting Buffalo, money, there was very earthy tones with some browns and yellows and grays and stuff like that. And then when they get to England, to Crimson peak or whatever i forget the name of the actual place the it was very dark with the bright reds and she always uh, edith always wore the white or the yellow and it's a very stark contrast to the background that they had in there which i thought was excellent filmmaking well she's pale to begin with a little bit see if i can pronounce her name correctly i'm gonna butcher it oh i'll give Correct you points for I'm trying wrong. mia vashikowska uh, Kowska? Kowska? V- v- Vasha Kowska? Why not? It's Va. Yeah. Vasha Kowska. Yeah. Mia Vasha Vasha Kowska. Sure. What's what we're going to go with? Yeah. Let's just call her Mia. <laughs> Mia W. Mia W. <laughs> I thought she was a, a good selection for this because she did a great She job. plays very strong characters always. And uh, uh, I thought I didn't like Alice in Wonderland necessarily, but I thought she was a good choice for uh, Alice. I feel like she, I don't know, there's something about her that just, he, she's like in her mid-20s, but mm-hmm. she feels like she's been around for a while. I guess one of the kind of old soul uh, yeah. type qualities. She's very mature her. for her age. Yes. Yeah. She she kind of gives off that air of maturity. Yeah, and almost like a classical, like she's in mm-hmm. classical movies. Well, maybe. she was in Jane Eyre. Yes, and so, you know, Jane Eyre, uh, Wuthering Heights, mm-hmm. those types of films, I think were a heavy influence for 
I would agree. Uh, this film, um, heavy influence on Del Toro, uh, for sure. Uh, so Thomas Sharp yeah. is trying to raise money. Mr. Cushing, Cushing says no. Says no, because he's a smart guy. And I loved his speech that he gave at the beginning about how uh, all him and his associates uh, came up and through hard work. Yeah, look at my hands. Look at my hands, you know. And when I shook your hand, your hands are very soft. You have the softest hands I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's another thing. Regiment. That's another thing about, uh, that's why I love period pieces. And here's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why. is because everybody's so fucking polite even when they're talking shit about you, exactly, to your face. exactly, and uh, what it reminded me that it always reminds me of a scene in John Adams, mm-hmm. uh, the miniseries, Paul, the miniseries with yeah. Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes, and this is something that I I resolved to do after seeing this is someone came to see John Adams, and they were talking shit, mm-hmm. and he was done hearing it, and he's like. Uh, and so on, whatever. Uh, good day to you, sir. Yeah. But if I could just, I said, good day, sir. Yeah. Instead of saying, get the fuck out. Right. Which is what they meant. Right. I said, good, good day. day. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. And so Tom Sharp, Thomas, or Tom Hiddleston, whichever, he stays in America for a while because a lot of the women are enamored with him because they're not as smart as Mr. Cushing, not saying that women aren't smart. They're just focusing on the fact that he's a baronet and that he's well-dressed and mm. he's well-cultured mm. and he's he's foreign, so he's very attractive. Mm. And so some of the men in that town maybe aren't as desirable as Sir Thomas Sharp would be. So there's one woman in particular who really wants him. But Edith... She's, she doesn't really get into this whole society thing, no. going to parties. Which is why I like her. I do too. So Tom talks her into going and they go and they dance this waltz and like the, the whatever. The candle. <laughs> the candle scene. I was How like, did the candle is, not blow out? That's bullshit. Well, because it's, you're going so fast that it's just barely lit. And then when you're, you're done, you're so light of foot and so quick that. The candle won't blow out. It'll just be, you know, barely lit. And then when you're done, it'll be lit. Whatever. It's ridiculous. I'll say this. I wanted, I wanted Mr. Hiddleston to ask me to waltz. Did you? Oh, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> and Jessica, I like Jessica Chastain's character that, you know, whenever you play that Chopin song, that's just, I love that song. It's a better performance, but that's just the music nerd in me coming out. But when she played the waltz, I was very, interesting and i think she did a good job of being a piano player and i liked the music as a period piece i thought that was added to the, the, the to the movie for sure those, that musical setting so he was basically trying to put the moves oh he was on working, edith he was working it hard yo and that was pretty clear and that was predictable and you knew that he was doing that because he was trying to get through her to her father. Money. To get to her father's money. Because apparently he had a lot of money. Yes. And so, but dad, he wasn't having any of it. He did some research. Or he, he had someone do. He, yeah. He sent a PI to get some research done. And we never quite under, we never quite saw what that information was, but it was enough for him to say, Hey, you and your sister need to be on the next train out of here tomorrow morning. 
and you need to break my daughter's heart. And, and here's, I will pay you to get the fuck out of here. Here's three grand. Although we didn't learn it at the time. I didn't think we learned it till later. But three grand at that three time. Ga- three grand? What is this? 1870s? Yeah. Eight, late 1800s? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Woo. That is a lot. That dude was balding. I mean, yeah, that's a, a lot high of High roller. Money. I mean, my favorite scene, not my favorite scene, but made me laugh in the movie is when he's at his club and he goes to the club every day mm-hmm. to shower and to shave. shave. And then he's like, how's the water? Oh, it's, it's, it's really hot. Like you like, he's like, I'll have some ham, some eggs, uh, a little sip of port and this and this and this and this. And I'd like it brought to me while I'm in the shower. <laughs> That's right. Yes. That's how I want it too. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to... I'm just going to eat and eliminate while I'm in the shower. Exactly. Because I can. Because I can. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he does that every day. So he chased them off. And the scene where Tom uh, breaks Edith's heart, uh, that was a a good piece of acting there. Very believable. Yeah. I I can't say enough good things about Tom Hiddleston. If if he didn't – I mean, he's won hearts already with Loki – Yes. Uh, but well, he has a crazy fan. Base he too. does. And this is going to do nothing but increase that. So, I, I agree. Uh, I don't know. He's just so dreamy. Uh, originally, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was attached to this movie, mm-hmm. and Tom was the second choice. And Benedict, I think, would have been good too. I think so, but I don't, I don't know if it would have worked. I mean, it would yeah. have. It would have been a different character. It would have been different. It would have had to be, yeah. Um, I think there's a certain edginess to Tom that Benedict doesn't have. I agree. Uh, a little bit of crazy. A little bit. Yeah. So uh, he, he did a fine job. They seemingly blast out of town except for, oh, no. Oh, no. Someone comes and down to the club while dad's having to shave. <laughs> And does him in. And that was quite brutal. That was brutal. And because the, the gaping hole they left in his head, oh, which different. is more realistic than you would than you would think. If you're banging someone's head on, porcelain. This, on a porcelain sink and you break the sink, you're going to break the skull too. You've got to remember that this is old school craftsmanship, yeah. not this shit that we have in our houses today. Yeah, that stuff is sturdy. If you broke that. You're breaking something else. That's you, right. You're breaking bones. Yeah. I mean, that stuff is serious. So dad, dad gets murdered and then Tom, Thomas, I'm he sorry, stayed, he stayed he behind stayed and told her the like, whole thing was a sham. I can't leave without you. It's, I can't even breathe without you. That, what? Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. I'm sure they fit with the Gothic romance theme. So, well, there was nothing to hold her back then. No. And that, that was by didn't have to ask. He didn't have anybody ask for her hand in marriage. No. So you see at the dad's funeral that they are engaged because she's wearing his ring. So you know they're engaged. They get married. Yeah, but he took the ring from his sister, and she was not too happy about that. No, she wasn't. The last thing we had. So to spoiler alert, I don't think their last name should have been Sharp. It should have been Lannister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I Agree. I think I just gave it all away. Well, if 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 you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't, you know, you, we would have given it away later. So they get married and go over. What is the name of that place? Oh, it starts with an A. Uh, Alder, whatever. Alderon. 
<laughs> no, Allerdale. Are we going to talk? Are we going to talk Hall. about the Allerdale Hall? Yeah. Are we going to talk about the Star Wars we trailer? Might, we might. I don't at know. At the end of this, yeah, we I might hope do we that. Do, okay, because I peed a little. Yeah, twice. <laughs> I recorded Monday Night Football for the first time. Just ever. yes, just I because had, we don't know when it's going to be online. It's like I can't take the chance. Well, it's already online. Oh, is it? People have already tweeted out the YouTube link. But oh, okay. But now I can watch it on my big TV. Mm. So they're going to Allerdale Hall and. Um, Edith and Tongham walk in. There's a hole in the roof, and she's like, "Oh, it's colder in here than it is outside." And that's when you first get a setting of the squalor. <laughs> they were yeah, it was in. gross. I'm thinking, how could you live here? It's not safe. No, it's not safe. It's not coming up sanitary. from the f- coming up from the floor is the red clay coming. The from, house is sinking. Coming from the ceiling in the holes, and like, yeah, it's mold, and it just keeps eating away at all of the wood. So the hole just keeps getting bigger all the time. Is you know, so we're in the. How elements. do y'all not have tuberculosis? Right. How, how do you- Why do you live here? Abandon <laughs> this house. Yeah. Get out. Build a little shed next door or something. You don't have to live in this big ass house that's not safe. So you knew something was up at that point. Well, you know, one thing that I failed to mention is before, while they were still in Buffalo, mm-hmm. and I guess Thomas was courting Edith. Very much so. Edith and Lucille, Thomas's brother, they had, excuse me, sister, sister. Uh, they had a discussion about life, butterflies, yeah. life, and they talked about how the moths, uh, Lucille told Edith that the mo- they didn't have butterflies because it was too yeah. cold. Mm-hmm. They just had these big black moths. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they talked about well, what do the, what do the moths eat? Butterflies. Butterflies. So I think that's, I think that's key. There's a lot of subtext there. There was a lot of hinting oh. towards the actual conclusion. Oh, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and then some more subtext comes in when they re, re they come to the house mm-hmm. and the dog, the dog comes up. <laughs> How is that thing alive? I How is that thing alive? I drove it way and, out and left it to die. And they did a great job of the way that they reacted to certain things, Thomas and Lucille. Uh, you're like, oh, okay, something's not. Something's not up there. Something, yeah. something doesn't connect quite. Yeah. Quite. They they weren't expecting that to happen, so they're mm, they're kind of like, trying to play mm. it off like, mm, but they really are because they're like, why, why the fuck is this dog still around? Right. What's going on here? You're way the fuck out here. How did you sur- How did you survive? Right. Dog. Clearly, we don't feed you. Yeah, dogs mm. are hardy apparently. <laughs> and then even when they first arrived, the servant that they had was like, oh, you've been married for a long time. Hmm. What do you mean? Yeah. Have you? Mm. <laughs> oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. He doesn't know where he is. He's just an old Scotsman. <laughs> <laughs> he's our old gameskeeper. So once they got to the house is when the action started actually like started getting, picking up because yeah. it was a little drawn out getting to the house. I would agree. Kind of like this podcast, a little drawn out getting. I mean, I can realize we're thirty minutes in already. Are we really? It's a little, a little drawn out getting to the meat of the story. Holy shit! Let's so let's kind of pick it up a little. bit. Yeah, we failed. <laughs> we have failed you all. I apologize. So that's when it starts to take off, and so when they get there, Edith and Tom go into Tom's room and. Um, that's when Edith's, Ooh, yeah, I know. Happy tinkle time. But no, Tom is like, Tom, ah, Tom is not consummated yet. What's going on? Yeah. And that was another weird thing about yeah. it. Like, you figured they would have done that back in Buffalo. What's Shoot. going on here? Did they get married once they got over to England? On, the train, on the train to the boat? Yeah. 
I mean, on you, the boat over. You figure. I mean, what what is the what, what what is the journey? Weeks. B- uh, yeah, weeks. Well, a month. Maybe from New York to England. Yeah, I mean, if it's 30, I don't know how long. If it's it is. thirty-one days, you need to do it thirty-one days. Oh, in a I row. know. Thirty-one days in a row. Yes. Well, that that's all you'd want to do. Yeah. I don't. I, I, don't, I, don't, understand. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand. They didn't. So they. He starts seeing these weird things crawling around the house, you know, one in the bathtub, one in the hall, one in a wheelchair. And you're just like, what the fuck are these red little ghosts and why can no one else see them? I liked them better when they were in the shadows. They yes. seem more real. Yes. And that was Doug Jones mm-hmm. doing most of those. Really? And he is a, a del Toro staple. Yes, he is. So. So you – that's you come to find out that there that there's something that has happened in this house before. So Edith wants to get out of the house. They go to the depot to spend the night, and that's where they finally consummate oh, their relationship yeah. because Sissy ain't around. So they have a little privacy. <laughs> so, and, well, I'm pretty sure Sissy wanted to watch because earlier in the movie when they first got there, she was peeking through the. Boy, was she, she was peeking through the keyhole. But you come to find out, she's a little jealous. She was a little jealous. A little jealous because you. <sighs> how much of the plot? Are we just going to spoil the whole? Plot? I don't care. Okay, just, this is go. Okay, so they come back and Edith starts talking to the ghost, and she realizes through she finds some mail, she finds some little footlockers, she finds these recordings of one of that Thomas has been married three times to. To other women, to people that she met in Milan, in uh, I forget wherever Edinburgh and one other place, and so she married. He married all these people for their money, and then the sister was murdering. <laughs> they were murdering these women after they got married, just so they could have Get their, their fortune, money. Yeah. Right. And so, and the murder started with mom. Mom was murdered in the house, and then that's one of the reasons they couldn't leave because we murdered our mom in this house, and there's so many ghosts and skeletons in this house. If we leave, people would figure out. Right, because they'd go and they'd start digging stuff up. Yeah. Because in their basement, they had these big vats. Yes, they did. Which... Uh, were full of the liquefied clay. But there was other things in that liquefied Oh, they were clay. hiding stuff in there. Hiding things. So Edith realizes what's happening. So she's like, I don't want to drink. They're, they're poisoning her with the tea. So she's like, I don't want this tea anymore. So she's like, well, at least eat. So she's putting the poison in the, the food. The porridge, yeah, yeah. Just in the food. So she's trying to kill Edith so that they can get her money because she's one signature away from giving her father's fortune to them. And if they get that fortune, because apparently it's vast, they'll be okay. But Thomas is actually in love with Edith, and he's really torn. He's like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this anymore. I didn't think I would fall in love with her, but I did. So we have a problem. And that's when tensions really come to a head because Edith finds him being Lannister-y. <laughs> she sure enough does. That's very flowers in the attic. <laughs> It's weird. See, you know, I'm gonna hum to you while I've got my hand in your pants, just <laughs> caressing you. As yeah, fantastic as what it was, <laughs> it was fantastic. And then Edith's like, "You're not really her sister." His sister? Oh no, 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 sweetie, I am. I am. And that just makes sense. Oh, that's this so much weirder. <laughs> don't uh, don't mistake this. Yeah, don't, don't be confused. We are we are brother and sister, and we are just in love with each other because we, we want a pure blood heir. <laughs> So we neglected to mention a character completely. Well, I was waiting for this part. 
Okay. To to mention it. Oh, go for it then. No, no, you can. No, you, no, that's all right. Okay. So there's a doctor. Charlie Hunnam is the guy that plays him from, you may know him from Sons of Anarchy and also from Pacific Rim. He has feelings for Edith Chu and Edith chooses Thomas over him because he's foreign and apparently foreign men have an advantage over ophthalmologists. So uh, he figures out that Thomas is not as cool as you think he is. And then he finds uh, Edith's father's files and meets with the PA and finds out that Thomas had been married before, so Edith doesn't need to be married to him because maybe it's not legal. They don't know that the wife is dead. They just assume that he's already married. So, hey, your marriage isn't real. So he comes all the way over to Allerdale Hall to rescue her. And um, he walks in at an opportune time because they were about to kill Edith. And it turns out to be not so opportune because Jessica Chastain's character decides, you know what? You're going to die too. Stabs him right under the shoulder. Oh, right in the armpit. Oh, oh that's got to suck. That hard. looks so painful. And then she's like, well, because if you do it right, you're going to, you, well, let's see. It was under, it was under his left arm. Left arm. You yeah. do that right. You're going to hit the heart. The blade's long enough. Yeah. You can hit the heart easily. And I think that's what she was trying to do. So she tells Thomas, you know, you need to get your hands ready to go handle this. So Thomas talks to the doctor and says, you're a doctor. And if she doesn't, if I don't do it, she will. So since you're a doctor, show me where. That was, that was rough. That was rough. And he's like, oh. oh so yeah, he, he points to his right side. Right, in between the ribs, it looked like. Yeah. And to miss the lungs and the vital arteries. Oh. So acts like he's dead. And That was tough. That was tough. That was a, it was very that's what it got a little violent, more it, violent than it had been at that point. It and did. Like they, they were trying to hide who they really are. And once we found out who they really are, they're like, well, fuck, fuck it. it. Let's, let's just go. Let's just embrace who we are That's right. and show the world. That's right. So it was. And then the climactic scene between Edith and Jessica Chastain's character, I think was pretty Lucille. Lucille yeah. I think it was really well done. Their little. Yeah. 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 No, it was tense. It was, it was tense. tense for sure. Um, I think, okay, so the third thing I had a problem with, I think I've mentioned two already. You have. Is that Edith was sick enough to where they were putting her in a wheelchair and she's coughing up blood. Yes. But then she's able to run around. I guess adrenaline kicked in. Uh, I mean, which, if you're being slowly poisoned, you're you're not going to recover that quick, I don't think. No, and that's kind of, I was like, uh, okay, so now she's able to run around and fight. I No. That's true. I don't know. It's okay. It is okay. It's okay. Um, so, we, so there was that. But uh, so the scene where she sees the ghost of the, of the uh, mother and the child. Yes. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that that like, was. Unnecessary. I was like, "Ooh, fuck you! I don't need to see no ghost baby." Right? That's not okay. And they come to find out that it wasn't Thomas's wife's baby; it was Lucille's baby, Lucille and Thomas' baby. Yeah, which was a little disturbing. She's like, "I really wanted to keep it, and I tried, and I tried, and it just didn't work out. So we had to get rid of it because the baby was messed up because it's inbred." And I, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So Thomas goes to confront Lucille yeah. and say, I love Edith. Let's just all get out of here. Leave this behind. We don't need to do this. We'll be okay. Yeah. And Lucille responded negatively. Um, you might say to that. that. Stabbed, and, her, stabbed him twice in the chest. And then the, the kicker, the one that really, I was like, ooh, Ugh. right in the face. In the cheek, dude. In the cheek, so under his eye. And yeah. he's trying to fucking pull that shit out. Oh. 
that was gnarly. Yeah, it that was, was pretty gnarly. Yeah, that was pretty gnarly. That was a good payoff for what you've been sitting through. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, now now we got something. Yes, in the face, yeah. in the face. <laughs> so Edith is like Thomas, Thomas, and then Lucille comes running out like a in like a banshee with her black hair flowing behind her and a big knife, and it was. That's when you knew it was game on. Like, oh, we're going to fight. And it's going to be this really weird knife fight between two women that do not like each other. Yeah, and it escalated out into the into the uh, front yard. In the snow. In the snow. Yeah. And I thought that was a very well shot. It was with the mist. Very nice the mist set piece. And the steampunkish uh, oh, equipment yeah, that they had in the back. For sure. And then they called it Crimson Peak because when it was the snow was white, but the red clay would come up and make, make the it, snow red. Yeah. So that was That's crimson. pretty cool. It was cool. It was a great setting for the movie, for sure. Uh, so... Boy, did we drag that out. We did. Good for us. <laughs> well, there's more, actually. Well, let's let's get to the more. Let's get to uh, the meat. Well, but what I would say is that um, if you if you're a fan of Del Toro, see it for sure. Yeah, I don't think you'll be you'll disappointed know what you're because into. you know what you're getting into. You you know what to expect from him. It's very visually rich. Some predictability in the story, uh, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, all in all, I think it's worth a look. I might wait until it comes out on DVD. I would, yes. Um, I wouldn't go necessarily go see anything. I, again, I'm not sad that I saw it, uh, but I might wait until it comes out on DVD. Yeah, I wouldn't um, have seen it if, it, if we weren't doing it. Uh, I, I think movies like this are important, and, and I think it's important for them to be successful so that we can continue to see these type of movies. Um, but is it his best movie? No, not by a long stretch. Um, so, you know, there, like, like I said, there's a lot of subtext, the, the dog, that was, that was Edith. It, it, it was yeah. a representation of her. Sure. Something that has survived, something yes. that survived the house. And that dog was a, was the dog of one of their, his previous wives, previous wives yeah. women that he seduced and they just chased it off and thought that, oh, okay, or you know, it's just going to die on its own, but it didn't. It survived. And so that was a, a, a nice little parallel with Edith. You know, she she survived and she was a fighter. And, you know, I, I don't think it was – well, it definitely wasn't on accident. Sure. That the type of dog that they use, uh, the type of dog they use is a papillon. Mm-hmm. Do you know what papillon is? A dog. Papillon is a type of dog. Yeah. However, papillon is also the French word for butterfly. Really? So, so it's a butterfly dog. Yeah. So the way that their de- their ears are, are mm-hmm. up like yeah. that and they come out. Yeah. If you look at their face, it looks like the out their face their ears down to their face, and then the almost like the uh, the the whiskers that come off of their face. It's like a butterfly. It looks like a butterfly. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. And so again, the they're French- using a papillon dog. The French got something right. Yeah, there you go. Way to go, French. So Edith is the butterfly, right? Yes. And Lucille so. is the moth, right? Which I also thought another thing that was interesting is that um, the earliest uh, uh, type of papillon dog is called a feline, mm-hmm. which is uh, their ears are floppy, and so they hang down. Mm-hmm. But feline is the French word for moth. Really? Yeah. So I, I was like, So the moth turned into a butterfly. Mind blown. Oh. 
Uh, <laughs> so no, the dog was a representation of Edith yeah. and her durability and her her ability to survive and fight. Um, but uh, no, I, I thought it was I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Good. Uh, I wasn't disappointed. I mean, it's going to be a flop. It's going to oh, be. Oh yeah. What what movie did we do last week? Pan. Uh, well, we did too. <laughs> well, it's going to be as it'll be big, worse than Pan. Yeah. yeah, it'll be worse than Pan. And I mean, and that's just, that has to do with Del but, Toro's but reputation. But Pan costs a whole lot more, though. Yeah, I think it has to do with Del Toro's reputation that they greenlit this film for him because I don't think if it was like a a rookie director or someone. Who oh no no himself, no! I don't think this movie no gets. Would have I don't made. think it gets made without him. Yeah. So, where would you rank it in the Del Toro catalog? Like the ones that he's directed or written, where would I would say directed? Directed, I would put it pretty low, honestly. Um, after, I mean, my favorite is Pan's Labyrinth. I think it's my favorite Del Toro film. It's, it's a, I think it's his best film by far, easily. And then I'd put the Hellboys one and two, and probably even Pacific Rim. But I really like Pacific Rim. I don't know how other people feel about Pacific Rim. But I really like kaiju films. And I think the Jaegers that he put in that film just made it very... When that first preview came out for Pacific Rim, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to see this movie. <laughs> so I, I probably put it behind all of those. Um, I don't know if I count like Blade 2. Man, whatever. You know, Yeesh. I don't know if I count that. But what about I, Mimic? <laughs> no, or The Devil's Backbone. He did that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That which was a I, good one. Which I like. I mean, I would put it pretty low, honestly. Okay. I, I like all of his back catalog I like better. And I think that's his back catalog is what gave him the ability to do this movie. Because like I said, if he didn't have such a good back catalog of things like Pan's Labyrinth, I think they were hoping for another Pan's Labyrinth, honestly. A fantastical, maybe a little terrifying setting that, that they were hoping to recreate that with Crimson Peak in maybe a gothic romance way. And I don't know that they hit it, but I think that's, oh, what, no. they were, that's what they were hoping for. And I mm. think that's why they greenlit it for him. Yeah. I think his best movie by far is Pan, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. By far. Um, I think Devil's Backbone would be right after that uh, for me. Yeah, anyway. you, that's your style. Though. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my that's style. That's right up your alley. Uh, and then third for me, uh, honestly, would be Hellboy 2. Um, I, I do like Hellboy 2. I, I think Hellboy 2 was a little more visually rich and had a better story uh, than the first one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I and um, uh, after that, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I would How do you I feel guess about Hellboy Pacific 1. Room? Pacific Room? I didn't dislike it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it felt like it was too long. It was a little long. Um, but I, I like this. I, I, liked, I felt like the story was more original in that one. Yeah. Than in Crimson no, Peak, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, there, I, maybe there were some things about it that bugged me. Um, I mean, things that most people think were probably the cooler elements was the fact that it needed two pilots and they needed to be. <sighs> because it was mind-linked. so much machine, you couldn't control it with one mind, you needed two minds. Yeah, I was like, really? <laughs> that, 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 I don't know. That didn't quite work for me. But you gotta you just gotta give yourself over to the drift. No, no, Josh. and I understand. Just that. give yourself to the drift. <laughs> give yourself to the drift. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I get that. <laughs> 
And I don't know. It just it was kind of weird. It was a little weird. I, and they're making a sequel, from what I hear. Yeah, no, that's good. And and I think it's good because I think that they said that without making a sequel to Pacific Rim, uh, we wouldn't see Hellboy three. Yeah. And uh, I think there needs to be Hellboy three. I would agree. Um, I would. So. You want to see some more Perlman? Uh, you need some more Perlman uh, in your life. Exactly. I, I, so I think Pan's Labyrinth, Devil's Backbone, Hellboy 2, Hellboy 1. Mm-hmm. And then I might go all the way back to Kronos just because. Man, you're going old school. Just because I, I loved what he did. I mean, that was his first thing. It's a so vampire. Vampire. I, exactly. And and honestly, the, the Sharps were very much like vampires. Uh, in the sense that they sure. were trying to bleed people dry. They were trying to suck life uh, out of people. Yeah. Uh, and so they were, in my, my book, they were a type of vampire, not a traditional vampire, sure. but. And they derived quite a bit of, well, Thomas didn't, but Lucille derived a lot of pleasure out of watching people suffer and die. Uh, for sure. Now, I thought it was interesting. You, you think that Lucille saw Thomas's ghost at the end? I do. Yeah. I do think she saw so that was the first ghost. time. And to, well, his ghosts look way different than the other did. ones. And I don't know why. Well, maybe because the other ones were in the clay. And so they were covered with the red like they were since they're buried in clay. It's like a hint as to where their bodies were. Well, the, the they also said that, you know, ghosts tend to be things that are uh, tethered to places and things yeah. through – tragedy and emotional uh, connections. And so sure. I think that's why, you know, Edith could see the ghost of her mother. You know, there's a very strong connection there. Sure. And so that kind of gave her a propensity to that. And I think Lucille could finally see the ghost of her brother because of her, deep because of that feelings. deep emotional yeah. uh, connection there. Yeah. So I don't well, know. That's that one is. thing sex does is <laughs> form that, emo- <laughs> form that emotional bond. Uh, skin think, to skin contact is important. I think I've had enough uh, movies about incest to last me. I mean, a it wasn't. Lifetime. It's not as bad as the Game of Thrones. No, I mean it's not no, like it's not like the, no. he, he raped his sister on the corpse of their dead son. You know that that's maybe a line that should never be crossed. I maybe. could be wrong. Could yeah, but I mean, I, mean, I, I don't knock it till you tried it. <laughs> you know, it could be quite thrilling. I'll leave that to you. But <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But, but I've met your sister and she's probably not into that. Probably. I'm just going to say. I'm, well, I'm not into that either. <laughs> I mean, let's not, let's not say that I'm like down for that or anything. Cause that's, we're going to start rumors that don't need to be started. <laughs> yeah. That's not okay. So, I mean, I feel like that's now the thing though, is to throw in incest. Like, hey, let's just throw in incest to shock people. But it's not. It's not. It's been around for a while. I mean, a lot of these these old fashioned stories have that element. And sure. then I think I mentioned Flowers in the Attic, all those old VC yeah. Andrews stories. That's what well, that, even, all that shit was about. Even Gladiator. Joaquin Phoenix is like, yeah, yeah. fell in love with his sister. And you're going to give me an air of pure yeah. blood. No. I'd rather not. Thank you. Uh, and then there's a lot of other stories where you have – and I guess legally it's okay where you have like uh, uh, stepsisters and brothers, you know, um, falling in love with each other, you know, where they have sure uh, 
Are you read no, about those stories? No, it's not legally no, okay. No, you read about those stories in well, the news. What about in Greg and Marsha Brady in the very Brady, Brady sequel? No, that's not okay. That's not okay. That's not okay it's at not all. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, there's plenty of adult websites for that kind of stuff. <laughs> so if you're into that, you can Ooh. Google it and find plenty of adult. Well, I think it's time to move on. I please, mean, we went please, God. 51 minutes yeah, on we Crimson really Peak. You need, to edit, have, you need to edit the shit out of that. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. It's going out just wow. like that. So that's cool. We'll get a bunch of one stars. <laughs> yeah. Which is better than no stars. I guess. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> um, Star Wars. Yes. The new trailer. Ooh. What I'm excited. Think? I'm excited, man. Cause it was very different. It was different. Very different from the uh, previous trailer. Yeah. And I'm, they shown us a lot more about what I think are going to be the main protagonists. Yes. I I think one is probably and I'm, this is just me spitballing. I think the girl I don't remember her name, but in the movie poster she has her staff right in line with Kylo Ren's lightsaber. So I think that she is probably Han and Leia's daughter. Oh, you think so? I do. And then my favorite thing about the the whole thing was that there was a lightsaber fight. You saw the blue lightsaber, you saw the red lightsaber, and you're like, you know what? They're gonna go. And did you see this? Yeah, stop it. That's disgusting. Did you see the one with John Cena? <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. <laughs> that so we're looking at we're looking at a really picture. Funny. We're looking at a picture of some douche. Uh, oh, I don't even. I'm not even going to give this guy credit. No, he decided he would take the new Star Wars Force Awakens poster and he would uh, superimpose Jar Jar Binks' uh, his face over every character in that poster. Yeah. So it is nothing but. Well, when I look at, it, I see nothing but dicks. Yes, which makes it equally disgusting. If that was more, if, more disgusting. If there's a single gungan in the movie. I'm gonna just be furious. <laughs> but also in the trailer, you hear Kylo talking for the first time mm-hmm. in his voice. I was like, "Yes, I'm going to finish what you started." What you started, and I was like, oh. "I'm I'm concerned though." Uh oh. My biggest concern is we haven't seen Luke at all, except for that one leaked photo. He's not on the poster. His voice was in the second trailer, but we haven't seen him. You think he eats it? And I think I'm assuming the worst is that he's dead and that he's just like Qui-Gon or Obi-Wan or Yoda after he's dead. He's just his little... I'm, I can't even think of the word because I'm I'm hoping that's not true. <laughs> that he's just there to help guide people. So you see him intermittently, but he's not alive anymore. And I'm really hoping that's not true. Why? What difference does it make? Because I think they need an alive Jedi to train the new Jedi. And that I think that would be detrimental <laughs> for the Jedi if there's not an actual Jedi Master alive. Because even Yoda was alive enough to mm. train... Luke, I mean, he started with Obi-Wan and the Obi-Wan died. So like, oh shit. But then Yoda's still there to help complete his training. So I think it would be really bad for the Jedi and all the, the new Jedi if they don't have a master who's had to battle with his own inner demons and fight off the dark side to lead them on the path to not the dark side. <laughs> that was super nerdy right there. I'm sorry, but that was just. Just a little, but it's okay. Yeah. You're at the right place. I am at the right place, but. I, I'm ex- and no one, no one's going to hear this anyway. Yeah, they're they're they, going to stop listening after the twentieth minute of Crimson Peak. I know twenty. I think that's being generous. Well, well, 
<laughs> so, I mean, the, the trailer was awesome. We may need to rethink this. We may. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But the trailer, I think the trailer was awesome. Each trailer makes me want to see it more. Each little bit that they put out makes me want to see it more. Well, it's going to make more money than any movie has ever made in the history of movies. It better. And it may make more movie in the history of movies ever. Yeah. I think there's no there's no way that this makes less money than whatever comes after it. No. It's going to have to beat Avatar. I mean, I, oh, oh God! If yes. it doesn't beat Avatar, we have how could it not? We failed how as could it not? as a fandom, as a people. I will go as many times as necessary. I'm going to break my record. I have a record for the movie that I've seen the most, and I'm going to break that record. Oh, how many? How many? What is this record? I saw The Fellowship of the Ring, the first Lord of the Rings. Oh my God! I saw it in theaters six times. In the theater six times. I saw it three times on opening day. Why? Because I'm an idiot. I went at midnight with a friend of mine. I went at an early morning show with another group of friends of mine. And then I went in the afternoon with my father, who's a big Lord of the Rings fan. So, and none of these people are, are friends with each other? Nope. That You couldn't kind of consolidate these nope. trips nope. down? Because mm-hmm. that's what, two and a half, three? That's a three, no, that's a three-hour movie. I spent nine hours out of 24 watching Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I actually spent like nine hours out of eighteen. But whatever, who's counting? No. So I saw it three times on the first day. So I'm told, yeah, I'm taking the day off. I'm just going to see it like eight times the first day. That's all I'm going to do. Enough, okay. to, enough to take a bathroom break, and I'm just going to stay in the theater and watch it again. Are you going to go to the marathon? I might. It starts like at two or three a.m. I might. I'm I'm considering but it. I don't. <laughs> are you really? I am. Oh my god! I'm a, yeah. <laughs> if you want this, if there's one thing that I'm passionate about when it comes to nerddom, it's Star Wars. That's like my thing. I almost feel like go ahead and buy the ticket, but then tickets went on sale today, right after. The oh, trailer. that's true. They went on sale right after they debuted. I may have purchased some. Really? I may have. Did you? I may have. You dumbass! What? <laughs> did you really? I did. Oh my god! What? I don't. I don't want to lose my spot. <sighs> so yeah, I would say buy tickets to the marathon because you don't have to go at 3am. You just have to get up right. and just in enough time to, to get there for new hope. Yeah. Cause I'm, one, two and three don't matter. No, I haven't shown those to my kids yet. I'm just four, five and six. That's I, fine. I'm debating on whether to show them one, two and three. Before. Why? Why would you? Just so you so no, so no, they no, no. understand what we went through. No, no, they don't need to have that context because one, two, and three ah, that's have, true. have no bearing on seven. Seven, that's true. At all, I'm a person. I guarantee. And my name is Anakin. <laughs> I guarantee you that they don't need to know anything from one, two, and three. George Lucas fucked up my childhood. I shouldn't make it fuck up theirs. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Okay. Midichlorians. Bite the bullet. Midichlorians. Be the bigger man. Okay. Be the bigger man. That's right. Give them give them the things that I never had. That's right. Yeah, that I never had. Don't, I don't want to see that look of disappointment on their face after they watch episode oh one God. and they're like, what the fuck that was, was so that? bad, Dad. I don't want to watch episode two. Dad, I don't like Star Wars. I like it. Yeah, That's is, the risk you run, Yeah, I think. I may just show them Darth Maul fighting Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and that's it. Like, hey, this is all you need to see from this movie. If you had to select one movie out of the three, which would you select? Of the original, the prequel trilogy? Mm-hmm. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Really? Uh-huh. Why? 
because that's when the action comes to a head. And I feel like there's enough action to distract you from the shittiness of the story. Hmm. I'd have went Phantom Menace. Really? Oh, Why? yeah. Just because Darth Maul. Oh, but Jake Lloyd. Uh, you know, kids Hayden are more Christensen for- is way better than Jake Lloyd. But but kids are more forgiving. In fact, you know, ki- kids are probably more prone to disregard uh, any of the madness from Phantom Menace mm. because there's a child in it and there's the stupid gun gun. So, <laughs> But then Natalie Portman in Revenge of the Sith. Okay. But, is of age, <laughs> but that's for you. <laughs> okay, so that's if I have to sit, you. if I have to sit through it, oh, okay, we'll see. But I mean, if I had my choice, I wouldn't show many of the original three. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So next week, uh, hopefully the episode, the podcast episode, will be better. Um, Was this bad? No, just wasn't great. That wasn't our best. Well, and that's okay. Sometimes, fun. hey, you can't. You can't be on point every single time. Nobody bats a thousand. It, they say in a television series, like a situational comedy. Oh, yeah. It has 22 episodes. Mm-hmm. They say out of those 22 episodes, seven or eight are stellar. Yes. Seven or eight are shitty, like beyond un, almost unwatchable. Oh, yeah. And, the, and the, whatever's left over is just mediocre. Mediocre. And so we'll go with this is mediocre. Yeah, I felt like this because we've great. already done our seven or eight shitty ones for <laughs> for the year for the year for, for se- the year for season one. Oh, for season- <laughs> oh, we're doing seasons now. 2015 will be season one. <laughs> okay, this is season one, episode 46. Um, that way, when we get to episode 500, it's I not- think if we had a consistent schedule and a consistent place, that would be nice. I think we would. It, we would be able to focus a little bit better. I'm sorry. I do a little bit. No, I can. It's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But I am excited for the last witch hunter. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be really good. Uh, well, I hope it's good. I don't see how it couldn't be. It's a joke. (laughs) No. Oh, but it can. Oh, but it can. I think it's going to be good. I I think it's Vin Diesel embracing his inner Dungeons and Dragons fan, and he's just going to go crazy. The whole Elijah Wood element scares me a little bit. He did okay in Sin City. I think he's good in a minor role. When he's a lead, he he has a hard time carrying it as a lead, Mm. my opinion. Um, So I'm a little apprehensive because of that. But it does have Michael Caine. Michael Caine. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, so looking forward to that. And, hey, the other thing that we should look forward to, and uh, because we're not going to get to it this week, because we need to wrap this up. Yeah. We did ask some Twitter questions, but we're going to hold off on those because I just don't feel like answering a question about masturbating monkeys no. at all. No. But you know, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. We'll we'll leave that. For we'll leave another, that for, for another, another time. time. So just. Hang tight. Yeah. We'll get to it. We promise. Uh, and we'll also get to, I think we got asked a question about uh, 2010. Peter. Uh, the Peter Hyams directed Peter Himes, uh, yeah. sequel to 2001, 2001 Space Odyssey. Not a bad movie. No. Uh, by any stretch. But it probably does deserve a little bit more discussion. Than, um, than just, hey, it was okay. Yeah. And so uh, sorry to the two folks that uh, asked uh, those questions. We will get to it Um just not, not tonight. Today. No. So thank you for the question. So we do appreciate that. Uh, 
So I guess that's it. Yeah. Uh, if uh, for whatever reason you're still listening <laughs> and you want to tell us how way to be a sport, <laughs> <laughs> you want to you want to let us know just how mediocre this episode was. Please you, send us a long form email. <laughs> <laughs> you can hit us up on Twitter at nthcast or at nthcast metal. You can email me. I'm Josh at nthcast.com. And I'm JD at nthcast.com. One of these days, our website will be bright, shiny, and new. So close. Is it? I think so. It, I, it's closer than it was last week. You've been week. working on it? No, I've been watching you work on it. <laughs> okay. You, you inspire me. Uh, so I, I almost feel like we can't close the episode with our normal sure we can. close can we we have to but, but well, hang on but have we lived up to that we have it, how what do you mean we've how? taken our mediocrity to the nth degree uh, no we went <laughs> so in depth into that movie did we we went way more than anybody ever cared to know ever well we're gonna find out we will we're gonna find out. i actually had a whole bunch more notes so that did we I. didn't get into so did i it took <laughs> us forever to get there there's some more <laughs> subtext in there that uh we meandered quite a bit we did that's but that's okay right. yeah, that's what life. we do here we <laughs> meander to the nth degree because if we're gonna do anything might as well do it to the nth degree 